Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Or was I supposed to act that out? Well, hello and welcome. Come one and come all. We are opening the doors to the China Shop today. So glad you're here. So glad you've joined us. We have an amazing month in review show for you today. I'm super excited. We're going to get George Papazov from Trade Pro Academy back in here later on in the show. But before then, uh, we are joined by my esteemed cohort in crime, Kyle. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing all right. Had a little trouble at the door. Yeah. 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 A little sticky. Uh, looks like some hooligans busted <laughs> it up overnight. Yeah, but man. that's okay. Smash the merchandise, not the shop. Yeah, right? Not we got to pay rent on that shit. <laughs> yeah. God. Who's our landlord? Sue? <laughs> call, call Sue. Let's get her down here to fix the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, should we just jump right into it, Dan? Do we have any? I think we we should jump in and we should get the uh, the the bad stuff out of the way first. The bad stuff. <sighs> we lost a random on that bet. Yeah. Oh God damn it! Yes. Ah. Yeah. Did you order your book yet? No, I'm gonna go down to the bookstore so I can look at somebody in the eye as I purchase it. Oh, I feel like that's how it should be. Okay, I'll, I'll do the same. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to see that I'm a lonely old woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how are we going to do this, Dad? Because you still owe us the book report from, from poor Margaret that I got to get published. Oh, did I not? Did we not finish that? I don't think oh, you ever oh. sent me the full full report. Oh, okay. I have the file. I, I okay. really do. I really do have that. I'll send that. And I, maybe I'll post that on the Discord, too. Yeah, put it on the Discord. Uh, I, you know what I'm definitely going to do is get a selfie of myself buying the book we have we didn't even unveiled the book maybe we already did on the previous we did it was on twitter Uh, 50 shades of gray uh we've got a i i actually proposed something to kyle that i think uh i think is going to be both fun appropriate and painful yeah yeah we're we're gonna using the internet's rating system we're gonna pick the steamiest scenes and we're going to uh either either just straight take turns reading them or i i'm crossing my fingers for an audio reenactment Oh, oh, we're like, you get to be, uh, don't know, we get to each pick. I don't care. You can, you can cast me as the woman. I don't care. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. We, we can flip a coin for who gets to be the woman, and then I'll add in some sound effects. I feel like we should alternate. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's going to be multiple scenes. Okay, so we'll yeah. alternate. Oh, wow. This is getting uh, out of hand. Why are, why are we spitballing this to make it worse? I don't know, but is this going to be a, is this going to be its own episode? Cause I don't know that I want to pollute our normal show with this. Yeah, no, this is a bonus episode. We're not going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to, so we're just going to do a whole episode does. dedicated to 50 shades of gray as a stock trading podcast. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Okay. Fifty Shades of Bull. <laughs> shades of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it doesn't have to be a full hour. I mean, it's it, it's long. It's as long as it's going to be. Maybe it'll be two hours. I don't know. We haven't done it yet. No, we haven't. But we've got a month to make it good. So we should pick a couple scenes to reenact that the internet calls the steamiest. But I think we should also pick a couple of our own because uh, we do have to read the whole thing. Oh, is that? I was I was I was trying to come up with a way to get myself out of reading the whole no, thing. No, no, we have to read it. I'm Ugh. sorry. Okay. God, the things I started doing for this show. I oh, know. <laughs> the terrible things I'm reading. Uh, oh my goodness. There you have it, folks. Stay tuned. We'll be dropping a bonus episode you don't have to listen to, but if you want to have a few laughs at a couple of guys who lost a bet against themselves, we got, we got you covered. Ugh. <laughs> uh. All right, let's move. Let's move on. Who was yeah, our first yeah. guest? I think it was Chris uh, Mamula. Chris Mamula. Mam- yes, the Mamula. retirement yes. king. Retirement, retirement guru. guru. Yes. Yeah. What did you learn from that, Dan? That I am not ready to retire. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just I mean, I'm psychologically ready to retire. Like, I have things I can fill my time with, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, my my account is I, not quite there. I feel like I would have been better served talking to him maybe, you know, a month before we did. Yeah, a month prior. Before, before <laughs> yeah. I quit my job. <laughs> I was actually really surprised though, to learn just how many people don't have an actual plan. It's just like quit work and then what? Yeah, yeah. It'll come to me. I'll yeah. think of something. Like, no, you gotta have something to fill that time. You're talking about, you know, at least forty hours a week. Yeah. No, luckily yeah, I have right? stock trading, but and this podcast and everything else that we do. I don't I don't think video games and movies count cuz take it from somebody who has spent 3 months in a mobile home in the rural Arizona doing whatever the fuck he felt like. You run out of movies and games. It's it, like you you get this yeah. weird like everything is boring effect. Like you overdose right. on entertainment and then, then nothing is fun. And then you're like, what if I climb this cliff? What if I hunt falcons with a bow and arrow? Yeah, you just start getting weird hobbies. <laughs> Did you ever actually catch one? No, I didn't do any of those things. I was oh, I, okay. I didn't want to reveal what I really did that was crazy. So I, I came up you with only, weird things off the top of my head. You can only masturbate so many times. <laughs> <laughs> the chafing, Kyle. The chafing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was really surprised to hear that from Chris Chris Mamela. Um to be honest, I don't think I was the tar- his target audience. I I mm-hmm. have not only have I just personally read stuff on on the issue and it was I mean I was informed as of a few years back. Uh, but I I just recently one of my courses for business administration was personal finance that in, in, had a big long retirement section. So mm-hmm. like a lot of what he's talking about, I'm like, yeah, I just had to do that for school about a year ago, right. But uh, I he was a really nice guy, and uh, certainly if anybody came up to me and was like, "Hey, you know anybody who can give me some tips on retirement?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Chris Pamela, retirement guru. That guy's got you covered." Just wish I was religious so I could have joined one of those health commune things. Right? If you don't have any kids, yeah, to worry about birth control, and you're already like at an age where you're not worried about having any more kids, oh, I mean, it'd be perfect. But well, it maybe unless you get like cirrhosis of the liver. Do you think they uh, turn a blind eye towards smoking pot? Oh, probably depends on the denomination. Probably depends on the church, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because I've run into some like church religious leader type people that were like totally cool with pot. But, uh, you know, I, we were raised in an environment of religious people that were not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Plus, I get the impression that uh, they just want to be able to use whatever they can to deny paying whatever. Well, it wouldn't be an insurance company if they didn't do that. I know. It's just now you've got a church <laughs> making decisions for you instead of a capitalist. <laughs> I'm right, not sure which right. is worse. <laughs> Edmund from D Chain. Yeah, we had a really good time with that guy. Yeah, he knew a lot, a lot more than I think most of the other crypto people that we've talked about or talked to. Uh, he yes. seemed to be really yes. tied into how, like, the actual, you know, the goings ons of today are affecting things now and how they're going to affect things in the future. Uh, yes. Like, uh, my mind was. Uh, no, that's not the right word. I was very surprised to hear his thoughts on the effects of the China ban when China banned uh, uh, Bitcoin mining, kicked out all the miners mm -hmm. from the country. Basically, what did he liken that to? What was the quote he used? It's like banning right. the manufacturing of floppy disks. And <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> no, that'll make those floppy disks go away. But that just uh, makes the claims by uh, uh, Dorsey that Ethereum is not like the new the is not going to be a pack leader. Yeah, yeah. That just makes that all the more insane. Yeah, because I mean we've been seeing it just in all the people that we've been talking to, and the more we've been learning about cryptos, how many of them are based on Ethereum as a whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, I actually ask them like, oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's the Ethereum platform. Yeah, so I think uh, the analogy of Ethereum being like the App Store really made a right. lot of sense in my head. Yeah. And then uh, he mentioned that they're doing a big upgrade. Do you know if that happened yet? Um, no, I don't. I, I don't. I don't keep my ear to cryptos like I should. That should be happening here really soon. I think he was uh, earmarking that as a, another catalyst that maybe might cause it to, to jump in price. Yes. Yes. Which is always exciting. What what's a Bitcoin at today? Oh, uh, it was around forty thousand. It's trading around forty. Still about forty. I think. I think so. I didn't see any yeah. alerts on my Coinbase. Thirty-eight thousand four hundred three as of. Oh, so it did drop a little bit. The thing I was most excited to hear about, though, digital horse racing. <laughs> Have you been trying that out? I think I'm going to put five hundred dollars into one of those accounts and try to breed my own horse. I just love the idea of this. And I think it's, uh, I think it could take up enough time to where I could save some expenses. <laughs> what? Not buying video games or TV series or something. I'll just have horses Could that you... I can, you know, focus on reading about and training and researching the family all right, lineage. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what we're really talking about is, is you found a fun new game that involves cryptocurrency and you could actually win money playing the game it's a it's a gambling let's let's be yeah. honest it's gambling on horses well, but you get to own your horse is there skill in getting a, a a horse up to racing capacity like like how do you like what's what's uh, gambling usually requires some input so you're the horse you're breeding them like what's the skill do we want to have a full conversation on this because i can no we don't you're right let's move on oh yeah yeah um yeah that's a, i gotta say as a as a as a crypto guest uh 
Kyle privately, I don't think I've ever said this on the air. I recently came across a person who described themselves as a Bitcoin master. Oh, and yeah, I think you shared that on the Discord. Edmund from Dechained, I would absolutely give him that moniker. Like, like he is a crypto master. Like the guy, he knows all the different coins. He knows what makes them different, what they're doing. Uh, and he does run an educational service. So you're going to, you want to deep dive into crypto and you want uh, a place, a person and a resource that's going to explain all the stuff that you need and want to know. Uh, Dechained.com. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the guy was on the ball. Yep. And his kid was awesome, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a, kind of a light week for guests, it seems like. Uh, I've been not having much luck with the scheduling department. I've reached out to a bunch of people and waiting to get some some hits back. But Is it is it us, Kyle? You think it's us? Well, some of it's me. Oh, I meant, like, people don't want to be on our show because they listen to it and they're like, those guys? I mean, that's mm. quite possible. <laughs> well fuck them we don't need them yeah well, oh they're yeah. too good for yeah. us eh huh? want them. everybody who didn't respond to an email from kyle fuck you well it probably doesn't help that the email is you know team inept at financial ineptitude they might be a red yeah. flag for most of them oh like maybe they think <laughs> maybe, it's spam maybe <laughs> we should have picked a better name for the company yeah <laughs> maybe maybe we can just make an email that's team adept that financial ineptitude, and maybe they'll just ignore the ineptitude. They'll just read adeptitude. I don't think so. I think we'd have to go like, damn, team professional at business.business.com. Use the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Kyle, let's, uh, let's run down the rules really quick. All right, yeah, let's do it real quick because George is supposed to be showing up here. Uh, rule number one, yeah. always double check your orders. How'd you do? Yes, I have been, absolutely. It's a lot easier when you have a full week where you don't make any orders, but uh, uh <laughs> i didn't make yes fair enough i didn't make any 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 errors of that of that nature this month i don't think i did either i might have had a couple at the beginning of the month but uh i've been doing a lot better at, at double checking i think uh i think we talked to george about that last time he talked about reading mm-hmm. it out loud and acting like the confirmation person like working at the the brokerage Right. So I've, right. Been, I've been kind of doing some of that too. Like, okay, I'm going to buy this many calls at this strike for this expiration. It also helps slow you down too. Cause like, yeah, I want to get a collar for your cat. I want to get a collar for your cat that says uh, trade confirmation manager. You, can, <laughs> you, you have to tell your cat. There is, it's nice that it slows you down when you do that too. Cause uh, there's yeah. been at least one instance where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I don't want this. And then I like, canceled <laughs> right. and didn't actually execute the trade. Yeah. <laughs> And I need more of that. <laughs> this is this is stupid. I'm yeah. making a stupid trade. No, don't do this. Don't. No, no. Yep, exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, rule oh, number two, awesome. log all your trades. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I still don't. I, I, I'm, I'm still spotty on that. I've been a little slack in the last week or so. I've been, because uh, I keep bouncing around between different computers and the file gets saved on different ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to go back and then re-enter everything like a day or two later. Uh, I need to figure out a workaround for that because you lose a lot of it. If you don't log it in the moment, you lose a bit. Yeah. You don't quite remember everything that was happening when you were doing it, why you made the move, what you're feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I need to probably do a little more focus on that. Hopefully cutting back on trades will help in that regards too. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. I learned that from my week of not trading. Like Right. 
I only and 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 what's weird is is like I almost paper traded Yum, mm-hmm. and I actually remember like everything about it because it was one of the like two almost paper trades I made, Yum, and then the McDonald's. Interesting. So by cutting back on it, you're able to recall with better clarity. You have more focus on those two. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because nothing else was going on. I mean, right. I'm always watching the the ones that I'm holding. I've got some shares AMC and BlackBerry. I'm always watching those. Right. But uh, but as far as like trades that I wanted to make, like those were two big ones that I didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Less uh, is more. Number three: no impulsive or bandwagon trades. Mm, I did kind of bad. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the the week that put me in timeout was a lot of like impulsive, like oh that momentum looks good, sign me up, bye bye bye. Right. Uh, and and uh, I was trying to instead of focusing on a narrow set, I was like spraying it wide, like more trades equals more profit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think I've been trying to follow or try to make moves based on the BAM model too much. And I don't think that mm-hmm. that's necessarily the best use of that model, not for swinging no. weekly options. So I think no. that's something that I'm going to have to cut this month, which I already did yeah. for, you know, this yesterday. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in the next episode. Mm, there you go. But yeah, I need to, I think I need to work on that one a little bit myself too. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, have or slash follow an exit plan. You know, I did really well with that until this week, this past week. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's technically I should talk about it in August, but since we're re- recording this at the very beginning of August, I got into a target day trade that I did not have if if it turns around and goes against me level of when I would get out. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 it's, it, it turned around and went against me, and I still have it. I still have oh. it, and it's just oh. going to turn into... Now, now yeah. I made a very low risk trade. I'm still, I was still a little gun shy this week. Yeah, uh, and it's really the the only real trade I've made. But watching <laughs> it go against me like that, like oh god. So uh, yeah, I've really been just sitting back and watching, watching what I already have. I feel like I followed my exit plan really well, but only because I set everything up as all or nothing trades. Mm, mm. I kept my position size to make them, except for one instance where I exceeded my max loss and I had to take a timeout for a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's also not a great exit plan. <laughs> No, no, no. We want to talk. I'm going to talk a little more in depth when George gets here about that one. Yes, let's talk. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, let's see. Number five: paper trade backtest new strategies first. I haven't. I haven't really been applying any new strategies. I feel like that becomes less relevant the the more we uh more we work the strategies we're doing. That's a good point. Uh, number six: don't fight momentum. Yeah, my target trade. Yep. I'm not wrong. The market's wrong. <laughs> the AMC weekly calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one. Uh, earnings calls are gambling and we don't gamble. I had those BMY and I didn't buy it knowing it was earnings, but I held it through earnings. And then I didn't even sell in the spike after good earnings. Oh, oh. I waited to buy those the BMY calls that I bought until after the earnings. I did the same thing with Johnson & Johnson. Uh, HZNP, I sold those out before their earnings because I didn't want to be holding them. That was part of the reason why I cut those. I feel like I've done a lot better with that after I got smoked by Pepsi. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, right. After George told me that, yeah, you shouldn't. I will learn you. <laughs> After George gave me the level to say, here's where you cut your loss, and I promptly ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did cut my loss. I just kept one because I just thought I'd prove. So, yeah, I bought three uh, uh, three contracts at $1.60. I sold two of them at one twenty just to get out, and then I kept one as a what if that I got mm-hmm. 12 cents on. <laughs> hey. So, yeah, George was right again. That- Fucking trade pro motherfucker. What the fuck? Did you hear that? Uh, yeah. Sounded like somebody smashed something. Oh, look! It's George! He smashed in through the window! (laughs) Silent approach (laughs) is the best approach. (laughs) How are you doing today, George? Doing good. Happy to be on the show again. Let me give you my intro, my 30-minute abbreviated one again. Okay. <laughs> no, but right. thanks for having me again, guys. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to, to what we're going to do today. I am looking forward to it, too. Uh, Kyle, yes. I know you've got some itching, burning questions for George. <laughs> what, I've been talking a lot through this whole intro uh, section, so why, why don't you take a turn? Have you really? <laughs> we just started. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, but when I edit this, I will edit what we record later to be first, and I'm actually assuming I will have just been talking for quite a while. Actually, you're probably right. (laughs) All right. Uh, So, main thing, looking back through, trying to analyze some of the results from the past week, I'm noticing throughout most of July that there's a pattern that's repeating, and that's I'm holding losers too long and I'm selling winners too fast is what it seems like. Like my wins aren't nearly as big as my losses are. And a lot of that is just me not being disciplined enough to take the stop losses. But I've also been position sizing everything as kind of like an all or nothing risk. And I think maybe I need to step away from that. Yeah, that's that's great. Like, are you noticing some kind of recurring, like, is there a recurring theme? Like when you said pulling the stops, Kyle, like, I just I want to know a little bit more about that. Like, are you putting them in and then removing them before they get hit? No, 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 no. I'm never putting okay. a stop in. It's, it's, uh, I'm trying to size them to what my, like, if I make an options trade, I limit the total option position to be two to three hundred dollars no more than that because that's the maximum risk that i'm allowed to take on a trade okay then what usually ends up happening is it'll you know run up for a little bit i'll turn like maybe a 10 or 20 cent profit on the position uh as far as the contracts go and then it'll just kind of fall off from there and then eventually end up worthless yeah yes i get in my head because it comes a point where you know it opens the next day and now suddenly the contract's worth you know, 20, 30 cents. Uh, and, you know, I think to myself, like, ah, I'd rather just, you know, let it ride and see what happens tomorrow rather than try to save $20. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you kind of go in and say, I'm going to convert this somewhat profitable trade, kind of like a lotto ticket, and whatever happens, happens type of deal, right? If I'm understanding it correctly. Actually, it sounds like they're all lotto type plays is what I've been doing in the past month. Now that you put it into those words, that makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah, you know, it's like it's an interesting um situation. I deal with this too. Like I know we're gonna talk about futures in, in a little bit as well, a little bit more, but you know, in the futures market in terms of holding losers too long, like I've actually had that problem today. So it's very timely mm-hmm. that we discuss it. And you know, it's like to me there's multiple reasons that kind of things happen. Number one, it's like is there a strategy? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as traders, we got the option to follow the strategy or override it kind of thing. Mm. And I think having one is is probably the most important thing um, I have as part of my plan 
three exits that I usually take. So I'll enter into a trade and I'll scale out on thirds. Mm -hmm. So I'll usually put full size on at the level that's good. And then obviously honor the stop, never move it to increase risk. You can move it to decrease the risk of the position. But then I'll have like three targets. One of them is a hard target of eight ticks. The other one is 16. And we'll talk about that in the futures Mm -hmm. portion of this. And then the third one is just like an optional runner. Like what I do instead of having a profit target is I'll run the stop if I catch a nice moving day. But it's also like dependent on the context of the day, right? If it's by the morning time, usually the first 30 minutes and the first hour for sure, that's the initial balance as it's called. Okay. And if you get a lot of movement, if the low of that period to the high, you know, on the ES, for example, or the SPY is, you know, $10 on the, or 10 points on the ES, which is about a dollar on the SPY, mm-hmm. then it's going to probably be a high momentum day. So then I adjust my third runner to really go for a lot more profit. If it's a slow day and the range is very tight. That third runner basically comes off pretty quick as well. Mm-hmm. So do you have a plan like the, for, for your runners, Kyle? Let me go back and look at my notes and see which, because I think that's the other problem I need to talk to you about too, is too many plans. <laughs> right. Yeah. Over planning uh, is, you know, is almost as bad as under planning sometimes. <laughs> it's not necessarily that. I think it's just too many strategies that I've been trying to trade, trying to trade breakouts, mm-hmm. uh, trying to follow along with Vico's trade plan and try to learn how to do some of that. But those are day trades and I got swing trades. Uh, some of them are based on just trying to follow channels like the top and bottom of a consolidation pattern, uh, just too much stuff in general, I think. And I think that's part of the problem is, and is it like, is each pattern or every type of, so let's say you day trade and then you're doing a channel trading strategy, are all of them using the same risk management or are they like adjusted? Just curious because all of them use the same, there's still the maximum loss. If I break that rule, that's something that I decided last month that, uh, if I break that and move a stop or take a bigger loss than I'm supposed to, then uh, that's it for the week. I'm done. No more trades. Yeah. So I've been doing a good job of following that. But the problem is that I've been seeing is that when, like, I'll take a couple of all losses, you know, like all or nothing, like just turns to nothing. And then when I have a winner, then I'm so quick to just get out of it and just bank a profit that I'm looking at such a small profit compared to the two losses that mm. in the long term, it's not going to, it's not going to be a winner. Yeah, you need a high win rate. Like that pushes your win rate requirement right. to, to just break even. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, like, hey, look, we're all just trying to find things that work for us, right? Like for me, mm-hmm. what I do is I have different trailing targets. So basically, for example, like if you're going to trade a pattern like a double bottom, uh, triple bottom, you know, chart pattern reversals, usually you're going to have to take a little more risk on the trade. And, and by that, I mean, in terms of time, right? They don't always just explode higher because it, mm-hmm. it a bottom takes time to form. So you can really have different risk management. When I say risk management, I mean you're risking the full size of the option, right? That's the beauty of the option. Right, yes. Well, you can have different profit targets, right? You can uh, structure the target based on levels on the market. So this is one thing that, you know, following order flow helps me do is determine these really hard levels that if you do get to them, it's like a big resistance. So you want to get paid. Mm. So what I do is, on the runners, when I traded options in the past, I would actually set the levels on the candlesticks, on the price action. So the chart patterns are your entries, but then your candlestick formations are what get you out of the trade. So you basically hold until you get a reversal pattern. Like I like the dark cloud cover outside, uh-huh. et cetera. 
Okay. Yeah, because like putting 20% is arbitrary, right? Like 20% on a stock like Moderna right now on an option, it's not much. Right. And then something like, I don't know, Coca-Cola that barely moves. It's like, you know, they're not the same stock. So you almost got to create a scaling out uh, plan for each one of the strategies. You're going to trade a channel. Is it like a high volatility stock? And the way to do that really is to just look at uh, chart patterns, but then candlestick patterns as well. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at multiple time frames for those patterns? Yeah. So, um, and it really depends on on the strategy, right? On the holding period. But what I like to do is a top-down analysis. I like to go a week out on a weekly chart rather. So each bar is one week and mm-hmm. then map out the resistances. Like to me, a resistance is a level where the price failed before or a level where there's a lot of consolidation back and forth because what does it call consolidation tell us? It just means a lot of trades are open, right? Right. And so to me, those are the points. And so let's say, I don't know, let's do an example for, uh, let's say BlackBerry, um, just because I know somebody's going to be looking at or has been looking at this <laughs> <laughs> So like BlackBerry here has got a nice little top from the early July, late June sequence. And that's kind of around these 116.57s. The top end of it, like the high, high tick looks like about 117, right? 116.95. So what you would do here is you would actually do the take profit slightly below the resistance. So if it's 116.95, you know, you could profit target at 115.60, for example. Uh, that way you get out of the trade before the profit targets hit. The next level I would have here on BlackBerry, because there's some tops and, and rotations, is like 121.33. There's that big wick. Um, I know it's kind of hard on a podcast to describe it. And then the last one would probably be 124.13, and then you could leave a runner for the rest of it. When you say 124, you're talking about 124? Uh, hold on. I am... On the wrong one. I did BBY. Okay. okay. I was that like, Whoa. The best buy. George, like, oh, you are far movie. more optimistic than I believed. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, 10 bucks? Okay, let's do that again. <laughs> yes, so- <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. So, a nice little exit is like these prior tops here. So, like 1070 or so. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, this stock's kind of had. Like if you look at the behavior of the stock, it just looks like one shot up and then it gets faded back down. Right. It isn't really very trendy, but I think there's another really good resistance around fourteen ninety four somewhere in there. You see where like the price failed and the drop started. Uh, yep. So that could be like your ultimate runner. So the way I would do it, let's say I'm long BlackBerry now, I would say what is my ultimate target here? Like obviously to the moon, right? But Mm-mm. let's say ultimate target here is fifteen sixty eight. 1557 anywhere in there you could even drop it a little bit more and then start to trickle down from there if that's my ultimate where would i like my you know other one-third exit and then where would i like my first one-third mm-hmm. then just put that on the chart and hold it until it gets there are you using volume profile or just the price ticks when you're looking at those levels i love the volume profile um that's like one of my favorite studies market profile and time profile as well it's the same thing, actually, time profile, market profile. But um, for a stock like this, they don't really look at it much because the volume is very low, right? On any given day, like BlackBerry has been trading about 9 million shares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like that's low comparative to some of the bigger name stock. So it, it doesn't have as much potency for me on volume profile if there's not much volume, right? It makes sense because you're not really profiling much. Okay. Sorry, I'm just absorbing. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot. I mean, 
you're probably still stuck at the 114 thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I made it past that. Tell me, tell me it's going to the moon, George. Tell me it's going to the moon. Don't don't give me this honest analysis bullshit. To the moon. Good for <laughs> That's a seven bite. You heard it, Kyle. You heard it. Sound bite. Help me sleep at night because I'm really long. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. <laughs> but right. on BlackBerry, look, I'm Canadian. This company is like right down the road from me. So if you want me to do some Intel spying for you, Dan, look through the windows and see what they're working oh, on. Oh, yes. I need. I, okay. I'm going to send you a, a disguise. I'm going to need you to wear. And and go down to BlackBerry and infiltrate and get some data. Is it just like a giant human sized BlackBerry costume? I I don't know. I haven't found it yet, but I oh, just love the idea. I was thinking <laughs> fake mustache, maybe maybe uh, a janitor's costume. I got the real mustache. I, I <laughs> like the giant BlackBerry costume, like uh, like yeah. a thing of grapes. <laughs> it's just like a giant berry. <laughs> I'll tuck my hands and feet in and just roll into the head office. Yeah, oh hey right. guys. Where's the CEO? I gotta ask him some questions for Dan. <laughs> for Dan. Also, ask but, him why he tried to buy my coyotes too, bastard. Why'd you try to buy what? his coyotes? <laughs> yeah, that was way back. Yeah, yeah, I remember. He wanted that. That was kind of interestingly enough the beginning of the downfall. Like you know, there was a lot of distraction there. Like he's trying to buy an NHL team. Meanwhile, Apple is like out there just starting to eat share at the market. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. it's actually yeah, a really tragic story in Canada. Not not as tragic as like a Nortel type of situation, but you know there was a whole city that was built to be a tech hub in Canada, and like it was centered around BlackBerry. A lot of kids were going to college at Waterloo, which is oh, where wow. yeah BlackBerry headquarters was located, and they were banking on getting a job, etc. And uh, they got smoked. Like they just didn't keep up with the competition. I remember Apple started coming with iPhones. I'm like scrolling this little plastic wheel. I'm like, this is right. ridiculous. <laughs> But I think they've done a pretty good job of pivoting away from, uh, I don't know how this turned into a BlackBerry conversation, but uh, like their <laughs> software. <laughs> Dan is really long BlackBerry, so we got to yeah. justify I am too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, as far as like a turnaround company, I really like it. Uh, it's the the potential, uh, strike that, um, like they don't make phones anymore, but they still make a lot of the software. Yeah, they got a lot of IP. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of it's being used by the like the, the u.s government like the cell phones that they use have to use like blackberry os's because of the security concerns and then i've been seeing a lot of the evs i've been signing deals with blackberry to use their uh systems for like the entertainment the hookup stuff like the uh the in-car shit i guess you know connects you to your pandora and all that shit yeah yeah they got great technology man like blackberry for sure yeah just not good phones <laughs> yeah and you know they, they had a chance like i remember remember when they launched um like i had a lot of blackberry phones from like the bold you know to the like the original bold the big blue one i had the storm i had all kinds of blackberries i still have some of them behind me here in the desk but like there was a chance for them to pivot remember when they launched their android version and then they had a chance like it was Android based, but then there was also a secure aspect for your work email, mm-hmm. right? They still had the BIS. Oh, I think I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. The BlackBerry Internet Service, they launched that like three years too late. If they'd done that early right. on and partnered, they would have killed it. I think BlackBerry could have been like an Apple. Yep, but, yeah. But anywho, like, you know, I don't want to make this a whole BlackBerry episode, but I like the technology <laughs> side of it. I like the story. <laughs> Dan, like, I, I think you're on the right side of it. And what I like the most is like the risk factor here isn't too big like you're pretty close to a low i think below the eight dollar marker so 
it'll probably sell off a little bit more, but you're buying it towards the low of a range and like yeah. the target. Yeah, I like it. I just, you know, Barack Obama used a BlackBerry as president. Really? Fun fact, yeah. yeah. Fun fact. For the whole, for the whole uh, term? Because I think in 2009, I was using BlackBerry at work. Um, I don't know if it's older, but like I know he swears by it. I don't know if he, you can't really use, like I have contacts from BlackBerry Messenger I'm trying to find on like a new platform because I had some really good chats with them. And when I loaded BlackBerry, I actually bought one, another one like three months ago. Fun fact, I wanted to disconnect and just have internet on the go and nobody supports BlackBerry anymore in a headset. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But if you're on my BlackBerry Messenger, contact me, Georgia Trade Pro Academy. I really want to talk. There you to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what were we talking about? Uh, you're talking about holding losers too long and taking profits too fast. So we side channel the BlackBerry, some of this analysis. All right. Uh, the, yeah, okay. So you had uh, the comment of using the chart patterns or the candle patterns to try to help you pick your exit points. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like your initial one, Kyle, and, and Dan, like, your initial profit target, if you want to take a little bit off because you have profit and it'll put you at ease, like psychologically, yeah. mm-hmm. that's completely okay. Like peel some of the position off, get paid, put it in the bank, but then try to have your second and third or like your ultimate targets be chart based, right. right? Because the entry was based on the chart. And if the exit isn't based on the chart, you're not trading what you see, you're trading what you feel more so. Right. Mm. My old right. nemesis. <laughs> <sighs> That F word, right? (laughs) (laughs) Part of what I've been trying to do for this month is actually just simplify. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit uh, when we first started talking about this, but I feel like I've been just trying to do too many different things, too many different strategies, too many different timeframes. Yeah. Um, So going through uh, the month of August, I'm looking at maybe just focusing on like one specific chart pattern, I think, I think is where I'm heading towards and just getting good at trading that. Like learning how to how to trade. Like uh, I think I'm looking at consolidation patterns as the one that I'm really liking, or, or maybe even a trend channel. Let's see if I had an example. Uh, Bail was one that I was looking at. V A L E. Uh, Space is another one that's trading in a nice channel between like 28 and 33. Bail is trading between like 21 and 23. So I think if I yeah. can use my technical analysis to try to grab those entries at the bottoms. There's two entry points on like veil. There's a good one at 21. And then there's another secondary one at like 20 that it could possibly run to and then take profit at just under 23. Yeah. On the long side, right? Yeah. Looking to buy that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big believer of simplifying things, you know, because I always fight this too. It's like you, if something works and as humans, we just get excited, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's sex. I want more. Give me more. So you like <laughs> look for different patterns. It's okay. It's like human nature. We're opportunistic animals, but we're not as opportunistic as we are afraid scientifically. But anyways, point I'm making is like I I kind of go through this as well. And I remember we're chatting in the pre-call here that I'm trying to simplify myself mm-hmm. because like I think one of the things for me is just following socials a lot. Will you know? Number one, we got to do it for business. Number two, it's like you start to see these ideas that start creep in your head you sleep on it next morning like yeah i want to see what this guy is trading Mm. and i it's nice to get ideas from other places but sometimes it can be a distraction so choosing one pattern for a month is a fantastic way to go because we tend to think that the more we do something the more return it'll have right age-old conditioning it's like just work hard and you'll make your own way kind of thing but right 
I think this is a less is more business. I think the more you do, yes, you have more trades, but that doesn't mean more money. It means you're more distracted on each one, if anything. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's something actually we were just talking about on the last episode was uh, tr- simplifying things makes it easy to keep track of, easy to determine what's working, what's not working. Uh, and part of our problem, I think, is just wanting to be in trades too much. Yes. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, right? It's like mm-hmm. when you trade as a profession, as a job, it's like being in the trade as the work is what we associate it with. But really, you got to remember that the analysis waiting around for the trade is just as important. If not, I argue it's more important than the actual trade, right? Like the, the monkey could do the trade, but you have to tell the monkey when to do it. So it's like, I think the real job is really the analysis. And then when it comes down to doing the trade, I think that's the easy part because it's so systematic, right? Mm-hmm. And when you simplify to one pattern for just a handful of stocks, you start to see the, the kind of the tendencies of that stock. You get to know it intricately rather than scanning for different opportunities. It's like new company, you know, you're learning not just the pattern, but how it moves, the volume, the news cycles around it. It just, right. it's a lot. So like looking at Vail, for example, Kyle here, I want to show you a cool example. Mm-hmm. Not only is it a good pickup here at the 21s, but what you could do here is do like an if or and statement. So if you look at 23, that's a big resistance. Yeah. Right. So what you could do, let's say you're long, and again, this is not advice, not recommendation right. or solicitation <laughs> to purchase any securities, but like... <laughs> But like, let's say you, you got the entry here, you know, target these 2253s. Let's say you get rid of two thirds of your position, leave a third to try to break that resistance. Yep. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. And you could even add on it, right? You could scale back in. So you kind of start out with a buying the range low trade idea, but then you scale up with momentum. Mm-hmm. And this is gold because you're adding to a winning position, not the losing ones. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, just like yeah. work it, you know, work yeah. the trades. It doesn't have to be one trade in and out. You could scale in and out multiples, put some risk on and like size in and out of a trade while still riding the trend until it reverses. Because what's the biggest question that we want to know when we're long a, a stock? It's like, when will it stop going up? Right. Right. We know it's going to come back down. So it's like, when is it going to stop going up? And I think by being in at the range low and then adding on the breakout, you have skin in the game to find that question out. Right? You'll learn it. It's like, okay. It feels risky. It's starting to turn. I'm getting some candle patterns around, like against my position. All right, I'm gonna get out here rather than just seeing it without a position. You're not learning as much as being in it for the whole right. cycle of the up and down. Yep. All right. I've had a lot of coffee. You asked me a good question. <laughs> that that was a great response. I I yes, I love it. Found much value in it. Thank you. Oh, thank you Dan, do you want to take a turn? Um. Yeah. Uh. It sounded when, like a no, Dan. When do like you a, think uh, a little girl like me would start menstruating? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if it hasn't already happened, it probably won't, bro. <laughs> Curse you, God! You're about 21 years too late to ask God that question. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Oh, sorry. That was the book I had to read. Shit, that yeah. had nothing to do with stocks. Yeah, my, one of my questions, if, if we can uh, cycle back to BlackBerry limited on the daily chart not the weekly i told you 114 isn't that enough dan yeah right right no my my question had to do with chart patterns and that's actually why we we made the segue to blackberry but we never actually got to the thing that i wanted to talk about which was a ill-fated tweet because i i like to tweet out when i see stuff uh uh, almost as you know like you said social media engagement and and most of my followers are uh, amc apes 
So uh, <laughs> uh, I feel I feel like pressure to tweet out not AMC stuff. Anyway, right. right, yeah. So I just took a quick snap on my Ameritrade candle chart. So it's not like Trading View with volume profile or anything. And and it was yesterday, and I saw that we're recording this what on the third. So I had the July twenty eighth through August second. It was four candles. It was a nice big uh, green uh, long period. And then I had three, followed by three descending red period candles, short period candles with descending volume. Right. And I thought, oh, this is a, a was it is a, a rising three? Yeah. Uh, this is this is looks like it's going to set up a rising three. And and I tweeted that, and a guy said that the July thirtieth bar fails the definition for a rising three period. July thirtieth. Because. Yeah, that- yeah, of, so sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna ask if it's because of the gap between the bodies. I like look, I got a controversial opinion about a pattern. Right. Okay. Like uh oh. Like what what are we looking at when we look at a chart realistically? It's a whole bunch of humans. We're looking yeah. at a chart of psychology of the stock, right? Yeah. It's like so I got a looser definition on these patterns. So if you go by the textbook you know, I, the disqualification factor, I think, is the fact that it went more than halfway back of that bullish day, right? So it's like you're losing that momentum. Like, the idea here on the rising three is, like, if you walk through this pattern psychologically, I like to look at this as a bull and a bear, and I like to personify stuff, like fighting it out. Yeah. If you look at yeah. how these bars form in terms of, like, momentum in a fight, it paints a much bigger picture than just saying, oh, here's a chart pattern, and I'm going to do it because. And then the guy that tweeted disqualifies it. Sure, it's textbook. But look at AMC. Look at GME. Look at Bitcoin. That's not textbook. None of that's textbook. You know what I mean? Like you ripped up that right. textbook and you burn it. So <laughs> Right. Something's changed. <laughs> exactly. So, like, you know, with these patterns, what you could do is, you know, hey, look, the, the traditional sense of this pattern has failed. But I like the idea behind the trade still because it's still holding out on the support. Then you could not, now start to scale out. You could say, look, I don't like it as a full-size trade. I'll peel off a third of it. Because the risk has kind of increased a little bit, I'll take a little bit of, of position size off the table. But in terms of like what it says is a rising three pattern, um, you got to also look at the volume on the confirmation. And do you see how... So look at July 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, or 27th on that pullback. Mm-hmm, the middle yeah. of the rising three. You notice oh. how that volume was like super weak on the sell side. And then that big candle on July 28th that popped all the way up to, I don't know where to close, like 1078 ish. Yeah. Yeah. That had some decent buying volume. So you're on the right side of the trend. Like the bigger money is buying this level. Now you have here uh, a hammer at the bottom. So, you know, just because the pattern failed doesn't mean the trade is going to fail. So you could kind of put something in the rules. Hey, if I'm going to be a pattern trader, what happens if it gets disqualified? Is it a hard disqualification? Is the trade still good? Is the level holding? Like, what is the volume saying? So I think there's more to it than just, you know, this day disqualifies a pattern. So screw your trade kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's all I was going to mention. Um, you know, the rising three is a good pattern, but it, look what it's kind of forming. It's almost trying to do a triple bottom here. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you got to remember these patterns. Sometimes they look like one thing. You classify it. 
And then let's say a rising three turns into a triple bottom. Six months from now, you're going to go back to the chart. You're not going to see it as a rising three. You're going to say, oh, that was a triple bottom the whole time. (laughs) Right? So in hindsight, patterns always work. That's why we have a textbook on them. That's why you don't really learn how to trade from textbook. Like it's Uh, not, you know? Right. Well, and, and well, in continuing on 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 the theme, then so so you would be say uh, when you look at the BlackBerry on the weekly, and you look at the nineteenth July, twenty sixth July, the lows are nine sixty six and nine sixty four. Would you consider that a tweezer bottom on the weekly? Uh, nine. So this was They're two cents apart. Yeah, I see them. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what happened with BlackBerry? the last couple of weeks like is this just price action downside is there a news event somewhere here because sorry i don't follow it as much i don't think there's any news i think it's all just price action just price action yeah you know like here's how i would play this and now like remember everyone's different um this is not yeah. advice or recommendation or yeah. solicitation to purchase any individual security but this is why we got you on the show is to say this stuff so continue <laughs> yeah. to tell us exactly what to do anyway yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. But now, let me give you the recommendation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what I see on this pattern, you're seeing some like um, traditionally non-momentum candle. You know, you got like yeah. a doji there. You, you know, they just look at crosses. A cross means it went up a little bit, went down a little. Nobody really won. What I see on this is like a broader term trade opportunity, a broad, like longer term. And I see the real support here is like 795. Mm-hmm. So. If you get into a trade and it's not going, or when I get into a trade and it's not going, I have no problem peeling off a position. And this is what we're going to talk about in the futures portion. I got no problem taking it off. Like, let's say you put in, I don't know, 10 contracts on the call side. Every single day it's not going, eh, you know, I'll peel off two a day. So in five days, this thing hasn't gone my direction. Clearly, it might still go, but my timing is wrong. And with options, you have to. You have to get out if it's not going anywhere because it not going anywhere is the worst thing for your options contract. Right. Yeah. It's going to burn out your theta. So the way I would look at this is every single day that this has a lack of momentum, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm not, I might be on the right side, but maybe the timing isn't right. So what I I would do is peel it off here a little bit, take some sauce off and put a limit down at like 860, sorry, 883, 880, maybe even down like 854. And then that way you could put a little bit more size on with a very tight stop because below that low of like seven sixty five, it's like yeah, it's ghost town. Good night. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> so that's what I would do. It's like, look, it's not going. Let me peel some off. Let me put some more limits down below. So instead of getting stopped out as it drops, now I'm actually getting into my trade and I'm picking it up at a lower cost base with a really tight stop, which means I could put even more on. Mm-hmm. Not calling you a moron, but more on. <laughs> Uh, too late. Oh That's no, yeah. I've, I've definitely been called called worse. Yeah, yeah. Soundbite. Yes. All right. So yeah, that, that's kind of how I see the BlackBerry trade. It's like it's not going, but I don't I don't think it's a bad trade because the support level and it's worth a shot. You know, um, one thing you want to notice though is that run up on January twenty fifth that got us to like twenty eight dollars and seventy four cents, whatever it is. Yep. I don't know what happened there. Look at the next uh, high there that occurred on June first. It's like it's 20 pen, right. right so the, it is getting lower highs but that's kind of coming right into a support there's going to be a move um and i think this is a pretty good low risk entry as long as it stays above eight. Oh yeah 
All right, so I can take sleeping pills off my shopping list. Thank you. (laughs) And add Jack Daniels. Add the Jack. (laughs) It's party time. Uh, Peanut butter whiskey for me. That's my new thing. Oh, my God. You mix it with hot chocolate and marshmallows. It's stupid good candy. (laughs) That's right, kids. Make alcohol more like candy. There's nothing better than a buzz than a buzz and diabetes. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the best. Uh, one thing I want to mention, though, before we move on with Blackberry, if you need sleeping pills, Dan, I know it was a joke, but like if you actually feel like some anxiety around this, like it's got to go, it's got to go, that's probably a really big sign you might be over-leveraged on it. Just take some sauce off. Uh-huh. For sure, for sure. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not actually losing sleep over, okay, okay, okay. over this. It's more <laughs> that stupid promotion I took that's uh, working me to the bone. <laughs> that, that's what I'm losing sleep over. Like, God, why did I do this? Why don't you be a good manager and just take it out on people and not your stock position? That's why you don't <laughs> fire somebody. <laughs> Wait, I can take this out on my employees? Didn't you just fire somebody? Yeah, I fired him for credit card fraud. There yeah. you go. What? Take why do you think it. Vicky is so monotonous? <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> uh, just kidding. I love that, that kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love you, Vicky. Oh. Let's let's uh mm-hmm. you've teased it a couple of times. Let's move on to the futures because I know that you, that's your preference, and I, I'd like to kind of get some insight into you and why you prefer them over something like yes. you know, stocks or options. Yeah, yeah. So I started out trading currencies FX, and then transitioned to options trading, um, and then really like did well with futures. That you know I did good with options, but it really didn't click with me. Like I found the market for me was futures, mm-hmm. and. It comes down in one sentence. I like sleep. So like when I was trading options, you know, the feeling of waking up at three in the morning, because I could talk about this for a long time, but I'll make it short. I was running an option strategy, which is basically like iron condors. And I was putting on like a lot of size. Mm-hmm. I was uh, actually at the time looking for some funding from um, private equity group out in Norway. And they were very interested in what I was doing. They wanted to fund the, the venture. So I had like, you know, I had people watching me. I had to perform. So I was scaling up big. And uh, I did like, what, 35% on decent capital within, it was like eight, nine weeks. So mm-hmm. it was like really good return. I'm, I'm planning the cottage, you know, all that stuff. And then I got smoked. And I remember that in 2016, China devalued their currency and the market just absolutely just like dumped. And the strategy was prepared for downside, but not like that. Right. It right. took like took a lot of you know balls to keep doing the strategy. It would have worked eventually, but it's one thing to look at something on paper, it's another thing to live through it and execute it like it, you should. Right. So right. now I looked at that option market and I was like, man, like I gotta be I used to wake up at three in the morning to check it because London markets would open up. You know, I wouldn't really get very restful sleep. I'd wake up in the morning, first thing I'd do would be like, let's see how much I'm up. If I was up a lot of money on the portfolio, I was excited, but I didn't feel like I really was in control of that. I just felt like, hey, I was sleeping. Like I didn't do anything. Right. And if I was down, I had a hard time explaining it. I'm like, ah. you know, I should have cut some of the, the position size off. So with futures, what I like is a long-winded way to say, I like that I'm in control of it. Like I'm in and then I trade it. And then when I close out my last trade and I'm done for the day, like Kim Jong-un could launch ballistic missiles and it wouldn't really impact anything because I'm all in cash. Hmm. And, you, you know, to me, that that's like one of the biggest advantages is that I'm only in the trade when I'm at the computer. When I leave, it's like complete calm. I don't have to worry about anything. I disconnect and live my life. And 
I remember being on vacation with my family um, in the Bahamas for New Year's, and I was literally checking on my computer. Like it was a bad week, so I kept trading and trading, and I was like, "Yay, I made back the weekly profit." It was Friday; I had to get on the plane. I barely went to the beach or did anything. <laughs> so, oh my to me, like that. Yeah, that really started to eat away at me and my personal life. And so futures was good. And then I also got introduced to order flow. Order flow being, imagine like being able to see every single order at a time. If a big institution puts on a position, you could see it. So you could piggyback trades. So that started to kind of get me excited about reducing risk. I'm like, I can pick a moment with high precision and low risk. And instead of waiting for a move in price, I could generate better returns scaling the side. Hmm. Right? So. Let's say you're looking for a $20 move on a stock and that'll be a $1,000 profit. I can do $1,000 on two points in the ES, which happens like 100 times a day. So everything started to kind of come together, right? So I didn't really want to manage positions and and be at the risk of overnight markets, given all the volatility that was Mm -hmm. happening at the time. Uh, I really like the fact that I could scale size. And like some of these low float stocks, if you put an options order in, like people are going to see you. It's very apparent. Um, right. In futures, like, you know, no matter how big I trade, I, I'll get swallowed whole. It's a really big market. So I like that part of it. I like that I didn't have to nurse the trades. Um, you know, there is a danger to all this too, though. It's high leverage. Right. So if you're emotional, um, if you find that, you know, being in front of the computer, if you get stressed out while you're in a trade and make bad decisions, it's not really your personality to deal with the problem as it happens. It could be tough be tough mm-hmm. to trade futures but like that those are the reasons that i got into it is like the leverage is good the markets are 24 7 not 24 7 24 5 they open sunday at 6 and then close friday at 5 p.m leverage is good commissions are cheap and i just found my style to be more not holding things overnight how does the uh the, the securities how do they compare as far as movement to like say a stock or an option uh like in terms of like number of points or like uh yeah, this the size, the volatility, the predictability of it. Uh, like, do patterns hold more true in futures than they do on a stock, or are they similar? Yeah, so the futures markets are interesting because there's futures for equity indices, and then there's futures for commodities. There's futures for everything, right? And the futures track the S and P five hundred, so like the ES futures that are the most liquid contract in the world. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're the most liquid is imagine being like a Kathy Woods, for example, or a big portfolio manager, you own a thousand different stocks and all of a sudden the market starts dumping. There's no way you could get out of those stocks or take profit because everyone's selling. So what do they do? Institutions go in and short the futures market because it's got a one-to-one correlation to the S&P 500. Hmm. So for that reason, like the hedging availability and the liquidity of the market, it's deep. It takes size. It's like a really, it's one of the most liquid markets in the world. You know, they're very correlated. The only difference between the futures and the S&P 500 index is it's a, it, they're a quarterly contract. So futures and the ES are listed quarterly. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the quarter, there's about a 10-point difference. The futures trade 10 points lower to the S&P. But as the quarter progresses to the last day of expiry, they, they kind of converge to be the same price. And that 10-point difference is the fact that the futures don't pay dividends. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we got really complex there, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Point is, it's one to one with the S and P. Like ES and S and P five hundred is one to one. A rough approximation is one spy contract or ten spy contracts is equivalent to roughly one ES futures contract. Uh, okay, so about a thousand to one share wise, one share. I like a ten to one. Yeah, 
ten to like one 10. contract, but a contract's yeah, yeah, worth yeah. ten or a hundred shares. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. If you do the notional exactly. Well, I'm sold. Sign <laughs> me up. How do I do it? <laughs> well, we got the courses, Dan. I know, yeah, I Dan, know. I'm just kidding. Knowing you, Dan, and like your personality, um, the futures market is a really good place to get large outsized gains when there's like trending momentum. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't have to hold it. I think like just knowing you, your personality, it would it would make sense to check it out. I'm not trying to convince you of anything, but no, uh, I, I I am aimed in that direction. I just want to finish all the you know, I'm doing them in the order, you know, the the trade pro courses. I got a great place you could learn it when you're ready. Okay. Is it the Trade Pro Academy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, it helps to get the motivation from your mouth, to, to explaining the details, to get me excited, to be like, oh, yeah, I really need to get to that spot because that futures does sound like what, where I would thrive. Yeah, you know what's great about it too is like, let's say there's a news event. So this is what what I really love about futures. Um, I don't know what's what's a recent news event that kind of spooked the market, like inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Like inflation report comes out, it's super high, everyone's panicking again, and you you wake up and that report comes out at eight thirty. The market doesn't open for an hour. There's no liquidity if you want to get rid of your position. The first thing you're trying to wonder is, I got four hundred stocks. Which one am I going to sell? Which one's exposed to inflation? All right, let me do a screener. Uh, you know, which one is getting hit the hardest? Okay, let me go put my limits. By the time you get out of your stock positions that are impacted by inflation, I've already closed out the futures trade at a profit, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there isn't really thinking. There's no like multiple steps. It's bad news for market, short futures, great news for market, buy futures. And it gives you the ability to put trades on with very little lag or delay to economic events, news. And it's like the sentiment, once it changes, there's there's a potential to run a lot. Like it could go some days with a lot of momentum, you get 50, 60 points. I'll put that in perspective for you. Every point on the ES futures is 50 bucks and that takes $500 margin. So you get 10 points, you're making 500 bucks, 100% return on your money with 500 margin for a 10 point move in the S&P 500. Huh. Oh, wow. When you, and you mean by 10 points, you mean of of the actual... Like forty some thousand dollar number. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Like so, let's see today. What did SPX do today? The SP is. I mean, it had some volatility, but it's up about oh four to the twenty three. Let's call that twenty points. That's thousand dollars right there for today. And it looks. Look at it on the chart. It's like a tiny little bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. So the, the, best- the leverage is just phenomenal. It's really, really good. The only thing is, there's a saying in the industry, live by leverage, die by leverage, right? So mm-hmm. it's like you you have to make sure that if you're wrong, you don't stay long. It's like if you're wrong, you got to admit it and just get out. Like cutting risk becomes a job. It's like you'll get away with it in options sometimes. But yeah, I knew I should have trimmed here, but it's up a little bit the next day. Right. In futures, like because every point is 50 bucks, you really don't have a lot of margin of error. And especially to to get emotional and start adding like you could blow it an account extremely quick futures if yeah. there's no plan and you're disciplined and you're using leverage as a tool not like i just want to yolo in this you know <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i did a podcast today and i came up with a phrase yolo will leave you solo so <laughs> <laughs> hopefully alone with your money yeah well yeah but is that the best thing in the world <laughs> uh, it depends you're scrooge mcduck it's true. Right. I mean, somebody likes it. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think we 
covered most of the stuff that I wanted to ask. You know, a little bit of segues yeah. into some other fun stuff. Awesome, yeah. I think my takeaway is a lot of it is discipline. Is what it seems like. Yeah, honestly, Kyle, for you, like I love that simplify the month idea. I think like you'll find a lot of success with it. If not in profit, at the very least, it'll be in confidence, and like things will seem to kind of settle in. It starts to feel more like a process. Right. And Mm -hmm. the following month, you could build on that by starting to scale in. So I would like every time I'm trying to simplify things, if my theme of the month is simplify your trading, I'm not going for big profit. I'm going to simplify. I want to create repeatable, actionable processes. If I get Mm -hmm. that out of it, the following month is going to be beast mode. Right. Right. I like Mm -hmm. it. I like it a lot. Simplify. Make trading simple again. Right now, that's we're done with the podcast now, right, Kyle? Like, well, we have something. Uh, there is something that needs to be addressed. Oh, and we were supposed to do that at the beginning of the episode, so George would have some time to think. Uh, oh shit! I'm sorry. When we joined, right. when we joined George uh, for his podcast, and we were talking about our bet, it sounded like he was feeling a bit left out. <laughs> yes, this, this was is true. true. <laughs> this is true. So Let's yeah, do it. we've decided that, yeah, we might want to just challenge you to a little one. We had some ideas for consequences and I'll give you some of the failed ones uh, that we decided against. Uh, one of them was a <laughs> uh, loser has to wear the other te- person's favorite hockey team's hat for a month. Um, a uh, month? Wow. Yeah. You're trying to get me beat up. Yeah. Uh, so another <laughs> one was a uh, loser would have to host a dinner party, but could only serve craft dinner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Love you guys are too. invited. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just hoping Vicky would be there because I didn't remember how much he despised it. <laughs> You'd need like a truckload of crap. Dinner. <laughs> uh, but I think the one we decided on is just a simple, uh, whoever wins gets to introduce their podcast for the next month as the winner of the bet with, uh, uh, if you win, you'd be winner of the bet with two bowls in a china shop. If we win, it'd be over mind, mind over markets. A uh, loser has to introduce themselves as the loser of the bet. <laughs> And there's no discussion allowed about it otherwise. You can't clarify it. You can't explain it. You just have to go with it. Wait, so the intro is just like, hey, welcome to Mind Over Markets. I lost a bet. And then just going to the topic? Yep. Pretty much. Cool. <laughs> Down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> no explanation. Especially, like, I'm thinking about having a guest on, too. And just being, being like, wait, what What happened? Like, oh. And then just ignoring him completely. Okay. Like. <laughs> yeah talking over them yeah, like, <laughs> i like it the pressure's on so what are we doing choosing a stock that uh we think is gonna outperform for the month uh that's kind of what i was thinking yeah so we'll say the stock you get the open price tomorrow and closing price at the end of the month which would be which day here tomorrow being august be the- 4th for our people yes. playing at home august 4th and then the closing price on tuesday the 31st yeah let's do it so um, do I do I got a pick right now? I got one. I was gonna let you go first. Okay, so because it's a bet, and this is like there's no money on the table. Yeah, I don't get to bet often without being a risk manager. Here I can. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have some fun with this. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the inverse ETF for the spy. I'm gonna bet on a pullback for that. So I think the whole market's gonna take God a bit damn of a beating. It, that was my pick. <laughs> Well, uh, okay. I was thinking not the spy though. I was thinking like the SQQs. <laughs> All right, nice. George. Which 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 one though? Yeah, there's uh there's a few. So do we do we get to do like uh, like 
leverage ones? Can I do like a triple yeah, lever? Yeah, yeah. Like yep. a triple leveraged. Those are my favorite. Because I'm going to win big or lose big. So yes. right. let's go for it. <laughs> Dan's awake. <laughs> uh, what's the triple leverage uh, spy one? I know spy is the single upside triple leverage. I should leverage. look on my phone. I've got it on Ameritrade. I've got a, uh, I've got a watch list you have with all of them. All of the SPXS. Wait, no, SPXL, I believe. Uh, no, that's a bull. So the bear's SPXS. Yes. 3X shares. Yeah. Well, that's my that's my horse, guys. That's your horse. That's my pony. Nice. I love it, George. I do too. I do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was my backup one. Kyle, we have to pick one together because it's then it's not a fair bet. I know. I know. Well, I figured it was going to be pretty obvious what we were going to pick. Blackbird. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. by Well, should we do Blackberry? Should we try to beat George with a meme stock? Well, what? It's the most fun. What are we going to do? The SQQQ? No, the NASDAQ's yeah. going to fall more, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be boring. <laughs> if it does fall, the NASDAQ would probably yeah. fall the most. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm looking for 114 on, on BlackBerry. On BlackBerry. That, <laughs> yeah. So that's a pretty good shot. I think it's going right. to be BlackBerry, Dan. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm I, I absolutely fine with that. I mean, George has gone huge. He's going bigger. He's going home here, right? So we have to have something that has potential to at least maybe trigger some margin calls if the market crashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the long VIX. That was my second pick. <laughs> I'd short the VIX. Keep losing yeah. money on it. <laughs> uh, do you want a trailing stop? Um. Man, like I said, I don't get to bet often without consequences. So, <laughs> oh, there's consequences. <laughs> low stakes. Low stakes, not monetary consequences. Fair enough. Yeah, like the craft the dinner one probably would have made me rethink it a little bit, but uh, uh, yeah, we should have gone with that. <laughs> I just don't know that I have enough friends to make that entertaining if we lost. <laughs> right, right. It's like, <laughs> like oh i lost i'm eating craft dinner by myself again <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh yeah this is sad i think i just lost twice <laughs> <laughs> right, i like it so you could choose a trailing stop yeah like a percentage i guess or how do you guys trail them uh that's how we've been doing it uh i think we started introducing like actual levels percentage or like a dollar amount yeah okay um ba -ba -ba -ba. Can I just tell you when I would get out? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm all in right now. 2185. Boys, this is the low of of this ETF, like all-time low. So, yeah. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Buy low, sell high. Yeah. Bought the dip, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so you have no idea where to pick a low because you've got nothing to guide you. It's all a low. Like, yeah. this is just real. Yeah. Forget SPXS. It should just be L O W. Is there a stock called low? So wait, if yeah, if, lows. If a stock's at an all-time low, does that mean that nobody has made money who's bought that stock ever in the history of that stock? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. You know these ETFs. <laughs> yeah, we just all lose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like um, these ETFs that track inverse things. They're actually futures based, so there is right. There's a phenomenon in it that if you just if it the futures market went nowhere, it the SPXS will still drop. Like mm -hmm. 
because you got to roll the contracts forward. There's a oh, problem. Interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of so if I win, it's like an extra win for me. That's why I went big. I like it. Scaled in. <laughs> I want to yeah. add more at twenty one eighty five. Is there time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. All right. Oh, I think uh, that'll that'll wrap everything up with Kyle. You got anything I, else to I, I think so. Uh do we get a song? I don't think we even got to hear a song. Well, okay. Well, we'll play this we'll play George out with the song. After all right, let's do that. All right. So all right. All right. Uh folks, thanks for joining us. We hope you had a good time. We hope you learned a thing or two. As always, thank you, George. You are a gentleman and a scholar and we love having you here in the shop. Uh And uh, we'll be coming back at you soon. Until next time, happy trades. Bye, folks. Bye. Thank you guys for having me on. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Grab all the zannies in the place with style and grace. Allow him to beat these simpleton douches in their Porsches. Mm. Who smacks ass and makes cash with all the mammies. The back of the club, fighting lines is where you'll find him. The back of the club, tracking flows, his crew's behind him. Mad questions asking, no passing, market blasting. Just can't quit because one of these funkies poppies got to teach with short with keep the foot a secret. Why not? Why blow up my stock? Cause the price got dropped. Now check it. He got more ask than buyers at the bid. Believe me, sweetie, he teach enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy. He got mad friends with Benzes. See notes by the layers. True fucking traders. Jump in the chat room and come ask him. Tell your friends, take a course or three. He at the pro academy. The traders all just call him George Pop. Throw them shots in the air if you're a risk slayer. The traders are just calling George Papa. Through the friendlies getting tendies, playing entries like hedges. The traders are just calling George Papa. You got a phone up in your hands, please don't call for a car. Because wow. George has got the profits to take that should buy a Mercedes. Mercedes. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.